Welcome to Tabuk, a podcast about banned and controversial children's books. I'm Adriana. And I'm Maria. And today we are talking about Genderqueer by Maya Kobabe. Okay. Which has been the most banned book in 2021 and 2022, according to the ALA. And let's just get right into it. Let's go over the, the history of this book. I'm excited. I'm excited. Maya started posting comics to Instagram that dealt with gender identity. The posts got a sort of surprising amount of support. People were saying, I I didn't realize that anyone else felt this way. Mm -hmm. So Maya used those comics as the foundation to create a full-length graphic memoir which was okay. published by Lion Forge in 2019. The memoir is called Genderqueer. It was initially a small print run of 5,000 copies. Mm-hmm. Maya and the publisher expected the readership for the memoir to be people like Maya, adults who had struggled with their own gender identity, and also people who wanted to better understand non-binary or gender non-conforming people in their lives. So it was marketed towards that demographic, sort of the young adult or new adult category. Okay. Then it started winning awards. In 2020, it won an Alex Award, which is very niche. I had to look this up. Let me read you the description. I'm excited. It's given by the (laughs) ALA. So this is for books written for adults that hold Special appeal to young adults ages 12 through 18. Okay. So it's like for, it's for adult books that teenagers like. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of books, really. So as a result of that award, the memoir started being picked up by schools and public libraries to stock in their teen sections. And the age demographic that it was marketed to started tilting downwards from the publisher's original plan. At Barnes & Noble, it's listed as being for readers sort of 15 and up, although Amazon still has it listed as 18 and up. Okay. So... What happens in the book that makes it, like, adult? Is it explicit? It is explicit. It, It is the story of Maya's grappling with air changing body and perception of gender and there's graphic depictions of menstrual blood, sex acts, masturbation, sexual mm-hmm. fantasies, all that stuff. I will say that Maya does not make any of the sexual content look like desirable. It's not porn. It really feels okay. like Maya is like an anthropologist. <laughs> who's struggling to understand an alien culture and is sort of okay. guiding you through <laughs> this exploration. <laughs> but obviously all of these, this is a graphic memoir. It's, it's illustrated. So all of these images can be pulled out and displayed mm-hmm. without context, without understanding what the story's about. And so they're obviously kind of shocking if you don't understand like the situation, especially if you hear like 
hey, like this depiction of like a blowjob is in a school library. Oh. Especially if like, as we've seen, a lot of parents out there think that all books are instruction manuals. Uh, so if you have that mindset already, then yeah, this is going to shock and appall you. Yes. Uh, Books, okay. as we know, are instruction manuals. <laughs> That's the one thing I've learned from this podcast. I mean, this book does not contain uh, small furry creatures, but other than that, I can absolutely see <laughs> how it would horrify uh, certain people. So this book as it picked up popularity, became a major target of right-wingers across America. It was removed by, like, by law, like, by decree from governors um, in North and South Carolina, in Texas, in Virginia. Um, South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster and short Florida man Ron DeSantis both called it obscene and pornographic. And in 2021, the book achieved the status of becoming the most banned book in America. Another group of people who hated it was Moms for Liberty. Surprise! Um, Which, yeah, which obviously we know them because they won an Anthony Award for most unhinged hate group. So Moms for Liberty had just a list of books that they wanted to get banned, that they circulated among the members, like the little weasels that they are. And this one was on that list. Um, They hounded school boards to get the book banned from schools. Um, In their defense, there are no threesomes in this book, so maybe (laughs) they just couldn't see themselves in the characters, you know? Exactly. Pen America and the ALA have both pointed out that this is obviously part of a larger attack on LGBTQ rights and queer stories. This came alongside a ton of anti-trans legislation, a ton of anti-queer legislation, making it illegal to discuss sexuality in schools, preventing trans kids from getting medical care, that kind of thing. So it's easy to see that this particular obsession with this book and the banning of it is part of the same sort of wave of hate. What's really interesting to me is that there's sort of a snowball effect. So this book was banned in a ton of libraries and school districts, but at a certain point, the book started being banned preemptively. So not because of any formal complaints or because of any laws against it, but just because librarians were scared that parents would complain. So the book became so controversial that it was just shunned yeah librarians were just scared to have it and i think that's like a really alarming development i mean yeah we've heard about all these librarians who like stood up to the man and were like no i'm not banning this book just because you wanted banned like it's a normal book i'm gonna have it and this one people are just like oh but what if people complain yeah and like obviously groups like Moms for Liberty were mounting, you know, harassment campaigns. So it's like, okay, you know, I can understand being afraid, but also like, yeah, it's just really scary that it would, yeah, that it would reach this level that people would ban a book out of fear. So the book and the author became very widely known just because of their status as 
the center of this violent debate. Mm -hmm. But what about the book itself? Mm -hmm. Um, I have read it. Uh, I freaking love it. You would love the author. Like, (laughs) this book is so funny. And it's really a no-holds-barred examination of what it feels like to grow up non-binary, feeling like your gender identity and your body are at odds with each other, and really exploring how to reconcile that. There's this really interesting moment at the end, I think, where um, it turns out that Maya taught cartooning to junior high students had this interaction with a parent where the parent came up after a class and said, hey, I think it's really great that my child has a female role model because there are so few women in cartooning. And Maya was like, ooh, <laughs> that's, not, that's not accurate. Um, but like, mm-hmm. didn't want to take away that moment from the parent. But Maya was also like, well, what if there's like trans or non-binary students that I've taught, like by not coming out, am I doing them a disservice? Am I taking away representation from them? Am I depriving them of that moment? Yeah. And then Maya was also thinking like, if I do come out and say I'm non-binary, I use these pronouns, will the parents complain? Will I get fired? Uh, Which is like a really dark thing to read considering what then happened to the book yeah nationwide it's like oh my god like actually yeah all of your all of your fears were completely valid yeah it just kind of like gave me goosebumps honestly i mean yeah the parents would have complained i in my school when i was a teacher we had a kid who was transgender or at least was like experimenting with their identity and so To some of the teachers, this kid asked, hey, can you call me by this name and use these pronouns? And to some others, the kid didn't because, I don't know, I guess he was scared. Um, Yes, (laughs) I feel like you you get a a, a sense of like some people are just more more of the vibe than other people, for sure. Yeah, and it, it put us in a really complicated position because then the mother would come and complain Mm -hmm. that we would talk about this kid with their preferred pronouns and like Mm -hmm. with their preferred name and be like, that's not their name. Their name is this. And so we had a really difficult time and it wasn't even like a public thing. Like it was just like, no, we're just calling them by the nickname Mm -hmm. they asked us to call them by. So I can't imagine how parents would react if a teacher were like, Hey, actually like Mm -hmm. call me by these pronouns and like, say this name and like I think there would be a riot yeah yeah uh, I think that we've heard so much about obviously like the right wing narrative of like oh trans people are like non-binary people are all like groomers has been so pushed lately and then we've even you know we've we've had the stories of people who are like yeah like I accept you know trans people I just sort of struggle sometimes um it's really rare to hear like the actual like lived experience of a non-binary person um I there were like some 
moments here where I was like, oh my gosh, like, yes, I recognize this, but I've like literally never heard anyone else say it before. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think that Maya writing this felt that sense of responsibility, felt like this story yeah. is so rarely told. Like the, there's a ton of like pages that I sort of screenshotted, but um, there's one that's like, I think the fact that I don't see myself as or understand myself as a female person, but the most of the people I interact with do is actually damaging all of my relationships, even ones with family and friends. And so it's like, you know, for people who see pronoun changes or like transitions as an inconvenience, it's like, you know, here's like Mm -hmm. the struggle behind it. Here's the reason for it. There was one moment when like, when Maya goes to uh, like a gay pride parade um, and feels very like drab. Yeah, so Maya goes, I don't want to spend this year looking straight. (laughs) Iconic. But how do I look more queer, specifically more genderqueer? I love florals, I love colors, but all I own are jeans and t-shirts in boring solid colors. How did I end up with the wardrobe of a bland teenage boy? I want to define myself by what I am instead of what I am not. What would I wear if money were no object? Well, that's easy. Alexander McQueen. <laughs> I just love it. Of course. There's also like just a bunch of really just lovely descriptions of gender. There's Maya writes, I began to think of gender less as a scale and more as a landscape. Some people are born in the mountains. Others are born by the sea. Some people are happy to live in the place they were born while others must make a journey to reach the climate in which they can flourish and grow. Between the ocean and the mountains is a wild forest. That is where I want to make my home. So there's a lot of like really lovely poetic bits that are totally lost in this vile pseudo-outrage. Yeah, the whole, oh, this is a porn book, because I have not read the book, but Adriana shared it with me, and there's a lot of comments just being like, we don't hate it because it's trans. We hate it because it's porn. And I'm like, well, I've I've been leafing through it. I right. have not found a single porny page. Sorry, sir. <laughs> I mean, again, there are depictions of explicit acts that Maya mm-hmm. either imagines or experiences. Um, I think actually the most like <laughs> thing was the descriptions of getting pap smears. Oh man, it is it is written like a horror novel. <laughs> like it is it is horrific to read. But you know, it, it if you are okay with like an illustrated book on sex ed, it, there's nothing here that's any more titillating than that, honestly. So okay. one of my favorite parts, which I think is just so iconic, is that Maya decides to enter into a relationship in order to um write better fanfic oh (laughs) because maya is a huge reader he loves fanfic um but obviously fanfic has a lot of sex scenes in it that's true and maya does not get on very well with sex with other people um and there's this one Mm -hmm. like moment where he's considering like giving up on the whole thing and maya thinks um you know, I don't regret trying it out, um, but do I really want to like emotionally commit to anyone? Probably not. And then 
but I never figured out how to end my fanfic. <laughs> I'm at a page in the comic where Maya is drawing the book list from a decade of reading. And mm -hmm. it says, this is definitely the last autobiographical comic I will ever write. The only thing I feel comfortable with strangers knowing about me is what I read. Mm. And then proceeded to write a whole memoir about it, which thank you, <laughs> thank you for keeping going, Maya. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of struggle with language. Um, I'm feeling all these things, but I don't have the language to describe my identity or my experiences. And... I think that's what makes the the fact that this is a comic sort of more powerful because it's yes. like here's like here's a drawing of how I feel. Like at one point there's like a plant and the plant is like a third way of existing that sleeps like a seed under the soil. The seed puts out many leaves, but I don't have the language to identify the plant and then the yeah, each of the leaves is like a different fact about Maya, like, I wish I was a boy. I hate my breasts. I never want to have kids. Mm -hmm. What is this plant? I think that's really just super effective. Also, sorry, I just reached this part of the book. You never told me Maya got sucked into fan fiction or, like, fandom life because of One Direction. <laughs> I'm shocked that One Direction was airway in. Was it One Direction fanfic? I, I'm not sure. Yes, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> Which real person fan fiction is sort of iffy on the moral scale, so I'm just like, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, everyone was doing it. Like, I don't blame Maya for doing real person fan fiction. And I'm sure Maya doesn't do it anymore, but yeah, like, please don't delve into that. So, yeah, that was Gender Queer by Maya Kobabe. I really recommend reading it. Um, definitely buy a copy if you can support the author it's it's worth taking the effort if you haven't already to to seek out this person's experience because it's it's really well explained it's obviously not trying to like convince you to become non-binary or anything it is absolutely this person's experience and it's definitely eye-opening it's worth reading i think it's always important to understand that people live different lives whether you are non-binary or trans or not or a, a fanfic reader or not <laughs> if you are a fanfic reader please stop reading about real people there's so much fanfiction about fake people just read that thank you for listening as we delve through banned children's books throughout history yes to the modern day new and old we'll see you soon we'll see you next week bye and i was i was literally thinking Ooh. about one direction fan fiction a couple of days ago and, and i was i came to the conclusion that it was anti-feminist but like i'm not gonna go into it right now but like i was just like i was literally thinking about this like on the tube like two days ago i was like fan fiction one direction is so wrong <laughs>